This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Hi again, everybody. In Focus, and I'm Bill Coates, the sports director here at KTBB and 92.1 FM, the Team Sports Radio. Our guest today, as we end the 2022-2023 academic school year, is the superintendent of the Tyner Independent School District, Dr. Marty Crawford. How are you doing today, man? Bill, it's uh, great to, to be talking with you. Our relationship, it's always a pleasure, but it's been a pleasure being here for nine years. I've, of course, I'm an alum. I'm not sure that TSC is awfully proud of that, but I'm an alum of Maddie Jones. Went to Hogg, went to A.T. Stewart, went to John Tyler High School a long, long time ago. The district has changed. How many students enrolled in TISD this year? Well, we're over 18,000. Uh, I think we peaked at 18.4 this year. And uh, I think we're down about 18 250 right now. It's a pretty fluid situation, but we're actually up um, from when I first got here nine years ago. We were about 17-8. So, you know, it, we've grown a little bit, and that's manageable growth, unlike some of these other school systems that are rapidly growing in the Metroplex. But we certainly are on the other end of the spectrum where we're actually losing students. So Smith County is a great place to live. We've got a great school offerings here, whether it be private, public, charter, or even homeschool. And and uh, Tyler ISD is certainly competing, and I think it's showing in our growth. Uh, the next largest district in East Texas would be Longview, I guess, right? Yeah, we double that. There are about 9,000 students. I like to say we're the largest school system from Tulsa to Little Rock to Shreveport to uh, to Conroe, and then back up to the Metroplex and Mesquite. So it's a it's about the size of the state of Rhode Island. We're the largest school system in that, uh, in that square mileage. All right, so there are 15 elementary schools, four middles, uh, for four high school campuses. We'll explain that a little bit. A CTE, two K-8 magnets, and an innovation school. That's the Boshears campus, right? Yeah, that's right. A lot of choice and innovation in Tyler ISD. That's kind of been the thing that's been peddled around there about school choice and empowerment. Man, we've got a lot of that going on in Tyler ISD. We've been ahead of that game before the barnstorming tour here uh, recently by some of our elected officials. Um, but yeah, we've got four high schools. Those four high schools are Legacy and Tyler High, um, Early College High School, the highest rated school system in East Texas, and then uh, the Rise Academy for credit recovery and, and early graduation. So there's a lot of choice and adaptation here in Tyler ISD. So you can find your niche. Earlier this month, the elephant in the room, and let's get right on that. The elephant in the room right now is school funding and inflation. And you guys sent out an email earlier this month. It was called Mayday, Mayday, Mayday for the month of May. What's going on there? Yeah, Mayday was May 1st. Uh, the first day of May is a little, little pun intended on that, right? Right. And, um, you know, we're talking about how the, the formulas are set from 2019. Uh, school funding comes from formulas. There's a mixture of local and uh, state funding with a little bit of federal funding sprinkled in there. Um, we're just asking our legislators to consider the inflationary um, environment that we're all living in right now. The you know, but fuel costs more now these days. Pencils cost more these days. But the most important thing is uh, uh, teacher compensation. We've got a crisis. The great resignation, the great retirement is occurring with teachers leaving the profession. We're not struggling here in Tyler quite as much as the other parts are, but it's coming. Uh, the way to do that is to make sure that your compensation models are attracting as much talent as you possibly can to teach our kids. And that's what it's about. If we have a, a robust economy in Texas, it starts in the public schools. It starts with a great teacher in front of every kid. So you uh, pointed out in your email, and this this is not just TISD. This is a coalition, a 
of schools that are that are in the Texas has a a, a budget surplus of about thirty three billion dollars, mm-hmm. and so you're asking them to maybe pump up a little bit more into the schools. Yeah, right? they're going to increase the basic allotment. That's some school terminology about how much you actually get funded for, and we're very appreciative of that. We know it's a tough. Uh, tough row every two years when they go down to the legislature in Austin uh, to figure out where they're going to spend their dollars. But there is a surplus. So the economy is rocking, even though this inflation is uh, pressing on us a little bit. Uh, we're asking them to actually pump that up a little bit, uh, a lot. In fact, um, instead of the, uh, you know, the, the basic allotment needs to be about. I don't know, uh, a $900 uh, injection in there per student as opposed to maybe the 100 or 200 they're proposing. So that's what the, so what what's what are they doing right now? Per student, how much do you get from the state of Texas? Uh we're 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 at right about $5,000, $6,000 as far as uh the the formula goes. It kind of gets up there closer to 8 or 9. Um, when you start adding in all the other pots of money that actually come in, whether it be fo- per fe- student, yeah, per student, and so costs have gone up, and and that, and, and and our our school system, we're very low in administrative costs. In fact, every year we have an audit done. We actually have the um, the, the the fiscal accountability system for the state of Texas that act, that looks at us and compares us to other school systems our size. We are significantly lower administratively. We put our dollars into the classroom, and that's where we want to continue to put them. I, I'm just looking at uh, this this particular uh, release that you guys sent out uh, inflation in Texas this year up about 17% and school funding current school funding at about uh, levels of about what nine years ago 2014 is that what they're saying that's what they're saying uh, you know they did make some adjustments in 2019 and we were very appreciative of that it was one of the historic things called House Bill 3 um, they've got some other House Bill House Bill 100 that's out there right now that's the actual budget driver we think that we need to support on that that talks about doing some inflationary work in two years we're at a crisis point right now because of those costs as far as inflation goes that's set you know 14 to 17 percent inflation that's really hitting on us um, we think we need some help there we, we they may not get to the 14 or 17 percent but certainly it's not going to be we don't need to be funded at 2014 or 2019 levels dr marty crawford the superintendent of tyler isd is is with us on in focus this morning so uh, what are you asking people to do how can they help well, contact your uh, local uh, representative, uh, whether it be Matt Schaefer or Cole Hefner. They both kind of uh, share a little bit of our school system as far as representation goes. Senator Brian Hughes, they're great guys. They're very approachable, very amenable, and they they listen. They have an ear for East Texas. Um, certainly, they got to do what they can to, to assist as far as the state goes at the same time, but uh, they typically vote uh, like their constituents would like them to. And so contacting them, letting them know your concerns is something that, that we encourage all right so uh, is there a teacher shortage right now it's tough um you want to talk about a teacher shortage i think there's there's uh, enough people that are out there um that um certainly want to teach and that can teach and that are degreed to teach and that are eligible to teach um, but at the same time, it's their desire. Is the compensation um, there to uh, to uh, to teach our young kids who are, um, you know, society is pulling in a lot of things from from uh, uh, from all different directions into our schools. We need talent to be able to to, uh, to fight that battle and um, hire good people, godly people that that want to teach in our schools. The availability is there. 
but the desire may not be there because of some of the things they're having to fight. We will support them in Tyler ISD. We believe that one disruption or a student disrupting in a classroom should not affect the other 22 kids in that classroom. And we will handle that. We will support teachers. Um, but it's not that's not the case nationwide. It's not the case statewide. We'll continue to do that, but it's going to get tougher to find those teachers. All right, so teachers are out there, but there's it's more than just teachers. I mean, you need uh, custodians, teachers' aides, special ed, bus drivers. Yeah. I mean, what's that like right now? I'm going to tell you what, uh, the, the pandemic and all this geopolitical stuff and all the political rhetoric that's going on nationally right now has really done a job on schools, on K-12 schools. I don't care if it's private. I don't care if it's public. Um it's hard to find those 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 staff that are the heartbeat of the schools that keep the buses running, that keep the lights on, that keep the schools clean. Uh, the pandemic and all the federal funding that came out um, uh, to to let to encourage people not to work. Um, there's there's some residual effects on that. So we're doing what we can. We're we're, we're projected to give another um, staff, uh, a salary increase this year, even though it's getting tougher um, for the tenth consecutive year. And uh, why not come work in Tyler ISD? You drive a bus. Uh, you see you see our kids first thing in the morning. And you're the last one that they see in the in the evening. Uh, it's really God's work, and we're we're really hoping that some folks will come work with us. And bus driver that could be a part time job for somebody, right? A retired a retired person. I Absolutely, mean, that, that's not necessarily a full time job yeah right? and great benefits you uh if, if you drive uh, for us you're eligible for insurance benefits and a lot of our drivers that's what they do it because we have a uh, we're self-funded as far as our health care goes we're not part of the state system um, we've we, we got a great uh, self-funded plan with christus trinity mother francis hospital and clinic not to give them a plug or anything <laughs> but at the same time that's okay. Uh, okay they sponsor our football stadium mm-hmm. right they're naming rights are there um but at the same time Bus drivers, uh, it's God's work, and we do take care of you. I have kidded you before that I've had many times that you got to be crazy to do this job now. There's so much controversy out there. But for people who don't know, when I was a kid, I knew the school, who the school superintendent was, and I thought about him maybe twice a year on cold mornings, you know, whether we would get out of school or not. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was one of the jobs. The soup got out, drove the roads yeah. on an icy morning to decide whether we were going to school. What does a school superintendent do? <laughs> Man, uh, CEO. Uh, I always just say it's the chief education officer of a school system, and you got to have some expertise in curriculum instruction, teaching, and learning. You're but an old coach, too. I, I'm a former coach. I am, um, but uh, I think that all it's just leading people and making sure that they're, um, you know, uh, leading or teaching and working under the auspices of what the board of trustees, the elected by the committee, how they want us to do our job. So. Um, that that's what you do. You're an influencer more than anything uh, and everything is making sure that your visibility is there and that you're speaking with people. And I'm a talker, Bill, and you're a talker. And um, I, I had a training one time that said CEOs get paid to talk. So that's my job is to make sure that I'm conveying the message and leading people towards what we want to do. And that's successful student outcomes. All right. The other other elephant in the room might well be security right now. There's yeah. uh, we hear we read it far too much. We hear about it on the news. Uh, where is TISD on school security right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, our we, we've been ahead of the game on this deal. Um, back in 2019, before the, the you know, the, the recent focus um, about what happened a year ago that, that, that turned everything, we hired a director of safety security, a retired FBI agent, Jeff yeah. Millslagle. Yeah, I know. Everybody knows that name mm-hmm. here in Tyler, Texas. And um, he's done a heck of a job of putting his team together. He's got three other retired FBI that work with him. 
But we also have a police force of about 30-plus individuals. One of the larger ones in East Texas. Third largest in East Texas. We've got a police officer staffed at every one of our campuses. Um, Not every school system can claim that. Um, We just value that. And it's not like we're trying to turn into a military state or not. You can go to our elementary campuses and see our uh, our police officers are pulling on doors, putting their arms around students, um, developing relationships and rapport with those students. So one day that they'll understand that, that uh, police officers are here to, to support them and keep them safe in the community. Uh, you may even see them having lunch with those little guys over there, maybe Andy Woods Elementary or, or Owens or Douglas or or Orr. So we're very uh, pleased to be able to, to say that our, our campuses are fully staffed with uh, police officers um, for the safety and security of our staff and students. And these new buildings have certainly that's one of the main reasons one of the many reasons you did that now there's one front door and that makes a huge difference yeah. doesn't it yeah there's a controlled uh, vestibule a single point entry in, uh, uh, entrance um you know COVID helped us with that because we had to vet everybody that came in to make sure that they didn't have a fever and whatnot you know all that goofy stuff we had to do whenever we were going through that um, but that is a common practice now as a single point entry. You got to be badged into the vestibule and then badged into the front office. And by the way, Bill, all of our windows are, um, are bullet, bullet uh, resistant. Really? We call them bulletproof. Okay. Bulletproof is what you put on the commander in chief's limousine. Mm-hmm. Bullet resistant is, uh, is that shatterproof glass that they can't kick it in and then get in the front entrance. So um, we, we were ahead of the game on a lot of in a lot of ways. Uh, the state's kind of come along and actually helped us with some funding for it now. Um, but they've also standardized that across the state of Texas. Tyler ISD has actually been ahead of the game with some of the things that we've been doing. And uh, bad weather. Uh, we've had our share of that recently, <laughs> too. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, not just security from what we read about nationally so much and that type of thing, but just what about bad weather? It's funny. Uh, I'm one of the uh, local meteorologists the other day talked about they, they'd heard that I'd actually shut the buses down during that tornadic activity, the most recent spat that we had. Um, and she didn't know my name. She said, oh, what's his name over there at Tyler ISD? <laughs> I think that's a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> You said you knew the superintendent's name. That she forgot mine, but somebody from the back, back of the, uh, back behind the camera said that's Doctor Crawford. <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, yeah, we're we're very cognizant of that. We make sure that we're we're keeping an eye on that, and we do that well in advance. We don't get surprised by these things. Uh, timing is certainly an issue as far as dismissal and arrival. In fact, I was. I think two or three instances ago, I was right next door at Hubbard Element or Hubbard, Hubbard Middle School, um, going to a meeting over there, and here came some tornado sirens. Well, we kept all the kids, we sheltered in place. We actually went out into the pickup lines and we grabbed all those parents or gave them the option to come on inside and shelter in place with us. So we're very aware acutely of the weather when it comes to dismissal. Um, certainly during the winter months, I go out and drive the roads myself. I've got staff that do it as you well. You still do that, right? I still do it. Yeah. Uh, 18,000 student school system is 2,220 square miles or whatever. I go out and drive. And you've got the final call. Because I've got to make the call. I trust my people, but I better put my uh, expedition on on the road to see how those tires are going to react. So we've covered that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about construction right now. People drive around and they know that there's a a couple of pretty big construction projects going on right now, including the one right here by our radio station, Hubbard, right behind us. Talk about what's going on in that. Yeah, Hubbard and Early College High School are really progressing. We think they're probably going to be available to us either by Christmas or maybe even spring break of, of uh, 2024. And uh, we're very proud of those. We appreciate the community giving us the opportunity to finish 
what we started 20 years ago. Every one of our school buildings in Tyler ISD is either new, new with additions, or refreshed and renovated. Uh, we have no portables uh, providing instruction for our students anywhere in the school system now. That's all 18,000 plus students that we have. That wasn't the case 20 years ago when we had about 250 portable buildings district-wide and a lot of decaying, falling apart buildings. The thing I'm proud about is our, is our performances matching the quality of the buildings that our community and our public has given us. So yeah. we're, we're a B-rated school system, 88 this last time around, um, and we're competing very well. So this early college, people who are not familiar with that, what is early college high school and what is RISE? What's the RISE yeah, Academy? Early college high school um, has about 400 to 500 students in it every year with about 100 to 125 graduates. Um, they come out of there with a, a, a degree from Tyler Junior College at the same time they get their high school diploma. So they're already two years ahead. Um, it is tuition free and they've already got an associate's degree in their hand when they're 18 years old, ready to go to their four-year school and finish out. Um, it's a, a very popular program, and we've even got students that have graduated from the, with their four-year degree only two years after at the age of 20 and start working in Tyler ISD as a teacher. Um, RISE Early Graduation and Credit Recovery School, it's for those kiddos that maybe want to finish a little early, um, don't, want to, don't want to wait till they're 18-year-olds to, uh, to graduate. Maybe they have... Um, aspirations to start college a little bit earlier, a lot earlier. Maybe they have aspirations to get into the workforce or they have a family of their own that they need to support or they need to contribute to their family. It's a very prescriptive, personalized um, high school program to where you can actually finish at your own pace. And uh, uh, none of these kids count against the numbers at either Legacy or Tyler High either, right? It's they a don't. separate count. Right? They're separate camps, so they have their own TEA number. So when you start talking about 5A and 6A, um, that's where that's where we're at. Um, if, if early college did not have its own number, Tyler High School would be a 6A campus. About 75% of the kids that go to early college high school are zoned to Tyler High School. The other 25% zoned to Legacy. I'd like some more kids zoned to Legacy to actually go over to early college high school <laughs> so we could get that get them down to 5A and we can keep everything here in East Texas. But um, it doesn't look like that's occurring. Uh, we're just getting too much growth in Tyler ISD, especially at Legacy High School. Yeah, the enrollments at the two schools, where's Legacy at right now? Legacy this year turned in a, would have turned in a number of about 2,600. Okay. So they're about 200 over what they currently run. Um, Tyler has about 21 to 2,200. So they're, they're about right where they usually are. There's a chance we could turn in a 6A number for Tyler High School next year. I really? doubt it. It'd be one of the smallest 6As in the state, but um, there's a chance. Yeah. it's a, And again, sports are certainly not the most important thing around here, but it is a window by which the community looks at, your, looks at you because they actually pay to come watch these games. Uh, you've got a 6A and a 5A. Uh, just talk about where Texas high school athletics are right now. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. Some of the bills that are in the legislature right now, they're talking about uh, name, image, and likeness bills for high school kids. They're talking about transfer portal that doesn't matter where you live or go to school. Um, you know, in East Texas, that's a little different. We, we're, we're pretty protective of what we do. We do things a little bit different behind the pine curtain. Our expectations are that extracurricular activities, whether it be a, a band or, or, or cheer or or bells or brigadettes or football um, or orchestra or choir, I can't get all of them in there. That's part of the educational experience. It's part of the community experience. And so we do value athletics. Um, UIL is the, the, 
the premier interscholastic league in the country. And we've got a lot of these bills that are going to try to dismantle the UIL. Um, and I just don't understand why we're doing that. We are Texas. Well, there is Texas exceptionalism. And the UIL and the way we do our extracurriculars are part of that exceptionalism that make Texas K-12 schools so great. Well, then let's talk about, and, you know, again, this one's kind of controversial, the transgender thing. Boys transitioning, competing against the girls. Yeah. The UIL has been very dead set against that. Yeah. Um, as backed by a legislature. And um, in Tyler ISD, we're not going to allow that. Um, and I'm going to tell you, Bill, you're looking at somebody that's got a daughter that's a pretty good little basketball player and volleyball player. It's a seventh grader. Not going to happen. Not in Tyler, Texas. Not in Texas. Um, so I think some of the things that are happening nationally, um, thank God that we're not in those states to where they're, ha- they're having to deal with that. We're just not going to put up with that here in Tyler. We're not going to put up with it in Texas. And, and um, certainly uh, we, we want to take care of all kids because we're, we're, the, the parents give us the best that they have. Um, they're in God's Im- image and likeness. But at the same time, when it comes to competitive athletics, when it comes to uh, to bathrooms, if that, that's a big controversy as well. We're going to take care of every kid, but we're not going to participate in some of the the, the uh, shenanigans and politics that are going on nationally, not here in Tyler. Um, there's a bill in the Texas legislature that I heard about would allow a transfer, one-time transfer, no penalty uh, for athletic reasons. The, the current law is that you got to sit out a year. Yeah. If daddy gets a job... You know, or whatever, and you transfer from school to school, and it's clearly for athletic reasons. You got to sit out of here. Yeah. And there's no red shirting in high school. When you're up, you're up. So yeah. you, you lose a very critical year. This bill would would eliminate that. What do you think about that? You know, uh, coaches and principals and superintendents um, make up these district executive committees, and it's working. Uh, the systems that are in place. If a kid transfers and everything's on the up and up. Then the two districts, uh, the one that this coming from, or the school systems that they're coming from, work with those schools already um, to inject that type of chaos into a system that's already working, that's fair, uh, is certainly something that we want to continue to support. You know, my brother transferred in 1976 from Spur, Texas, to Lindale as a high school junior. Spur to Lindale moved the entire family. Um, he had to sit out his junior year. That's Lubbock to Lindale, he had to sit out his junior year, couldn't play varsity. We've come a long way now. A kid from Spur transferring to Lindale or Tyler now is automatically eligible if all the parameters are met. If we're transferring just because we're transferring because we don't like the coach, we don't like the team, we think we're going to win, what's that teaching a kid? It really is, seriously. What is that to This instant gratification without the struggle um, of, of being great and making yourself better and earn, learning how to, 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 to win in a team environment or participate in a team environment, even when things aren't stacked for you, that's not the American way. It's not the Texan way. So I hope we, we, uh, we stay strong in Austin and the legislature doesn't allow that. And NIL, name, image, likeness, which is a big deal in college athletics right now. You really see that possibly bleeding down into high school. How would that even work? You know, I don't know. Um, they're talking about when 18 year olds, uh, when they become 18, they can start doing it. Well, most high school seniors are spring babies. And so when you start talking about an NIL coming in, it wouldn't really start till the spring semester of their senior year. So what are we talking about baseball players and maybe even some of the basketball players? But um, I haven't seen enough of the, of, of the mechanics of what that bill would look like and what it would even do. Um, whether I'm for it or not, I don't know. Um, certainly not to the levels of the millions of dollars uh, that, that the NCAA is pumping in there, obviously. 
Um, but whether or not it's a it's 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 an opportunity for kids to maybe get a steak at Texas Roadhouse or something to eat because these student athletes are coming from pretty economically disadvantaged backgrounds. Who knows? If there's something that makes sense, I think people would consider it. But right now, we need to maintain the purity that is interscholastic uh, athletics in uh, in Texas. Well, what if the, one of the local car dealerships wanted to pay the star quarterback at Legacy $500 to sign autographs on a Saturday? That might be something that could come up, right? Well, I, I think there needs to be some fairness in it. Um, and as the dad of a of a of a student athlete that's that's female, you know who knows what she's going to be able to do. Uh, whether or not she's going to be the best player, or she's going to be barely be able to make the team, or not make the team at all. And I'm okay with that. By the way, parents that are out there that wonder about <laughs> about playing time and making the team or not. You know, I, I I'd worry about fairness. You know, because it, if it is the quarterback to go down to the dealership and make four hundred five hundred dollars, what about that third team third team O lineman that's there at practice every day, right. that that shows up to every summer workout? Um, I, I'd be worried about that. If there's some if there's some things in place to to help all the kids out, that's what I would be for. People ask me, so I'll ask you, what what are you going to do with the hog campus? You know, right now we're actually conducting a study um, right. on all of our administrative facilities. Once that study is complete, and I don't expect that study to be complete for another uh, six six months to 12 months on all of our older buildings. You start talking about the Gary building as well that was built in 1923 it's 100, or 24. It's going to be 100 years old next year. Hog, 100 years old in six years. And they're historically designated now too, right? No, Hog not yet. Is, it? No, not okay, yet. Okay, well, right. I might have a state designation. Say, okay, all right. But, but, you know, those have to do with tax credits and things like that. Um, as long as you're protecting the facade, from what I understand, um, you can go in there and renovate. But we're going to have to figure that out over time. And I think a feasibility study is uh, the most appropriate thing to do about what you turn that into. And I see that becoming more of some type of support center for district administration. Whether or not that's a superintendent's office or not, I don't know. It's a cool old building. We all love it. Even though I didn't go to school in it, it's, it's special. It's a part of Tyler. It's historic Tyler. We want to make sure it's still in the school system, but but certainly we're also looking at other alternatives as well. Uh, shout out to the school board too, right? No doubt. Um, you know these these uh, these individuals have, uh, for the most part, stayed together. They're all like minded. They want the best for our students. They want successful student outcomes. They are not about playing petty politics. And um, uh, we had a spat there where we had to talk do the name changes a few years ago, and that was a phenomenon that that we just couldn't escape. And uh, those are good people. They're Christian people. You'll see them at the grocery stores. You sit next to them in church. Um, you'll see them at the Little League baseball games. And, and they're really in it for the right reasons. Um, when you go to superintendent meetings, what keeps you guys up at night? I mean, what what you, does that question make sense to you? Yeah. In, your, in your world, what keeps you up at night? Well, it, it's safety and security, um, no doubt about it. And, and that is such a broad subject, a broad topic. Um, not just on the physical safety, because the, the threats of violence are certainly becoming prevalent no matter where you're at, whether you be in schools or grocery stores or movie theaters or churches. That is something that keeps us up at night. But I think you can talk to the other East Texas superintendents. You said superintendent me. Let's talk about East Texas superintendents. It's the encroachment of these culture wars. Um, I think that, that we do things right in East Texas. And if we stray um, away from some of the, the, the way that our communities want us to lead and conduct schools, we fix it. We certainly don't fight it. Think about the books that, that, that were the hot topic here you know, a couple years ago. We had some issues. And I think some of our community members that were concerned about that were appreciative that school administration did not fight them on that. 
Uh, we corrected the issues that were that were inside of our libraries and appropriately so and moved on. You see too many other superintendents or school boards or school systems fight these things and try to hide behind the First Amendment saying, that, oh, these kids, we need to meet these kids where they're at. When they're not appropriate, when they're not school appropriate, they're not school appropriate. And so that's what keeps us up at night is we want to have successful student outcomes academically and extracurricularly. Um, some of these other things that we're dealing with on a daily basis are being accused of because they're happening in Loudoun County, Virginia, or they're happening in Austin, Texas. Even though they may happen in East Texas every now and then, we do our job and we take care of them. And I think that our uh, constituents appreciate that. Later this month, graduation, the 2023 class will graduate at Rose Stadium. Again, yeah. Right? Public service announcement, we will graduate. Y'all know that. Um, I, well, you can't outrun lightning, but we will try to find pockets in between those squalls that come in. All you meteorologists that are out there, we'll be calling you. Um, and if it's a little wet, we go and graduate. We've got to graduate over a 1,000 students this year from our four high schools, the bulk of them coming from Tyler Legacy and Tyler High School. And we graduate outside in typically what's in front of about 9,000 people per graduation. We have no other venue in Tyler, Texas to be able to do that. It's gonna, we're gonna graduate outside, whether it's 110 degrees or whether there's rain showers just raining on us. So we're looking forward to another successful graduation. Kind of winding down with Dr. Marty Crawford, the superintendent of Tyler ISD. We started with public school funding and we'll end it that way. There is a little bit of a, would you call it a crisis right now? I mean, how would you, characterize what's going on right now with the inflation hitting you guys hard like it is everybody else <laughs> i'm not going to participate in hyperbole but i will call i will say there's concern um we've done a good job of managing our budget here in tyler isd and in east texas we have a conservative mindset when it comes to our fiscal prudence um we've we've set ourselves up for these dips in school funding or these inflationary um, stressors that, that are out there right now so we're going to survive but there is concern. What is the long-term game on this look like on being able to hire the available talent to put in front of our students? It really does relate back to teachers in our classroom. The website is tylerisd.org. Dr. Crawford wrapping up his ninth year as the superintendent of the Tyler Independent School District. Appreciate you coming by, man. Bill, as always, look forward to Friday Night Lights with you this day, this coming fall. We do some of that, too, here on KTBB and the team. We do a little high school football, and we love it. That's Dr. Marty Crawford, the superintendent of the Tyler Independent School District. I'm Bill Coates on In Focus, and thanks for joining us. In Focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the Team Sports Radio. And we thank you for listening. Join us again next week.